Hey everyone, this is Trauma Drama, and we are your hosts, Kaylee and Nick, and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood. We can probably agree that we're all pretty fucked up and that it affects us every day, whether we know it or not. I used to think that wasn't me, but if you come from a family, live in our society, go to school, experience love, sex, and friendships, then you're in the right place. Kay and I are going to break down everyday life and problems that come from managing your drama post-trauma. Let's fucking do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trauma Drama. This is Kaylee and Nick again with some amazing content, conversation, controversy, all the good stuff coming today. Uh, We have a pretty exciting episode planned. On today's episode of Trauma Drama, we're going to discuss our sweet and sours, surviving the pandemic, which was written in by our lovely listeners. Mm-hmm. And we're going to break that one up into a couple categories, probably going to do emotional and spiritual and then physical, kind of like our journey through the pandemic. And then we're going to end it with some deep, deep cuts and hard truths. Yeah, so let's do it. it's going to be exciting. Be do you want to start, start with your sweet? Oh. 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 Do you want to start? with? Uh, oh. Yeah, I'll start with my sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just football season, even though it's week oh. two. That's cool. um, yeah. And when I say that. I don't like watch it a whole lot. I love football, <laughs> but it's more like I love, oh my God, I'm at dinner and the football, like the game's yes. on. The, the yes. game's on. It doesn't matter who's Whoa. playing. <laughs> what time it is, the game's on. I just <laughs> the like The National that. Football League is playing. Yeah, it feels good. So, <laughs> um, what's That's fun. Yeah. Um, my sweet also kind of ties into my sour, so I can do my sweet and sour and then give you the floor for your sour. Okay. Um, because they're kind of the same things, but... I, my sweet is that like I have been feeling safe enough like COVID wise um, to start going out. Like I've been going out to, mm-hmm. to bars and like doing my best to be, to be safe, but I've been going out a lot, which has been really, really fun. Like how things used to be. Like how things of. used to be. Yes. Yeah. Like going, thinking about, oh, it's Saturday. Maybe I'll go grab a beer or like maybe I'll go do this. And um that has been really, really fun and getting to explore where I live now in a totally different way that I didn't. Yeah, because I think the last time we were able to do that, you were like in San Marcos, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we in, would I mean, go and do that. Long right. Beach, right? Long Beach. Yeah. 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 So at least we were doing it together. No, totally. And now it is like, it's so different out here. The going out scene is so different out here. There's one gay bar in like the whole mm. city, which is... It's no fun. Like, it's no fun. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> it, but it's really great to just explore. Um, but my sour is that I feel like I'm 100 years old. Like, I yes. feel, I do not feel the same that I felt when I was 21. Like, going yeah. out now feels like such a harder chore than it did before. And like, you know, before I would be hungover for like, you know, a few hours in the morning, but I would mm-hmm. most mornings still go like play a fucking lacrosse game or yeah. like go to work or do these things. And now if I go out, I have to be on my ass for like 24 full hours to recover. Absolutely. No, the whole experience <laughs> takes way more energy than yes. it used to. I have to like put aside energy. I have to know at least a week in advance or I'm not going out Friday right? night. If you don't let me know the Friday before. <laughs> Because I have to emotionally plan, like, okay, I need an extra hour of sleep every yep. night before leading to prepare. Up to it. Yeah, and then, oh my god, I'm exhausted. I need some caffeine, but I yeah. should keep drinking. Like it's just, and then the hangover. Who uh, knew that was actually a thing? Like, 
I remember being like, I never get hangovers. I could literally yeah. like puke and rally that night and then be like mm-hmm. totally fine the next day. And yeah. now the idea of like vomiting related to alcohol, like it should, I should go to the hospital if that yeah, happens. Absolutely. Like. <laughs> and uh, we're not athletes anymore, but we mm-hmm. used to wake up and play on Saturday yeah. nights. Oh, yeah. I might be kind of late to the game, but I'm going to show up and be like ready to go. But now I don't even think I could go and watch a game. Huh? Right. No. Let alone play a football game. Even trying to do laundry hungover feels like it's going to give me vertigo and I'm going to pass yeah. out. Like it's really hard to do day to day tasks. Like this morning I was just trying to feed Millie and her, you know, her food bowl or her food stuff is stored like, uh-huh. on the floor and it was like too close to the floor. It was like, <laughs> this is going to make me fall over. This is too much. But yeah, that's my my sweet and my sour. Like I'm enjoying it, but also forgot the like really dangerous effects. Yeah. Of- well, speaking of the, uh, I forgot the the spinning shit you're talking yes. about. We were on on the way home this morning from golfing, uh-huh. and our bu- our buddy was in the back seat and was like, "Hey guys, can you turn the air up? I'm really hot back here." <laughs> and we're like, "Sure, dude. It's kind of cold up here, but yeah, whatever you need." <laughs> and he literally two seconds later, he's like, "I'm gonna puke." <laughs> we're like. Are you having heat exhaustion in the back seat? Because he just got super <laughs> nauseous and started puking after he was hot. And I was like, okay, you're oh, not no. sweating. Are you having a heat stroke? It was oh, no. so funny. We were like on the way to get wings. And he was like, just <laughs> drop me off at home. I was like, I'm sorry, buddy. Damn, that sucks. But that really sucks. Fun. Oh, geez. Uh, that was a good sour, though, because that's really relatable. Thank you. It is. Thank uh, you. Thank you for saying that. Um. Okay, I've been waiting to talk about mine. I'm ready. It's, it's really... Uh, um, so obviously this podcast is about trauma and like mm-hmm. our experiences as children and how they shape the world we see it and how dealing with other people's trauma mm-hmm. also while normalizing trauma. So my mom has obviously been listening and I told her before she listened, like, you're going to hear stuff you probably don't like. So mm-hmm. anyways, a very long story short, she started talking to me about how this is hurting her feelings. The podcast it hurts her feelings. And I was like, okay, um, I appreciate you telling me that. Like, what do you want to come out of this conversation? And she basically was like, you're, she started telling me how an amazing childhood I had. And she was like, everything you say is like wrong. Shut up. You talk so much shit on me. How do you even (gasps) like me or want to hang out with me? And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you have some stuff you got to go deal with mom. Because none of that has to do with this. But what you're talking about is me hurting her feelings. And okay, like. Just don't listen to the podcast because this isn't a place for you to come and tell me. Like, we're not going to analyze my childhood. Like, like, and first of all, don't like you crossed a total boundary by telling yeah. me what my childhood was like. What? Parents, if you're listening, don't do that. Yes. If you want a relationship with your kid, you might have to swallow your pride for a little bit and just be like, I'm so sorry for everything that happened. Like, how can I love you now? Mm. And just let everything else go because you just can't tell your child that their Absolutely. truth isn't their truth. Yes. So that's what happened, and it really pissed me off. Fuck. I'm so it's sorry. It's just more Nick. content, though. So thanks. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I know I laugh, but it's also, like, really fucked up. And I think I can relate to it in a lot of ways, too. Like, through my, my childhood, um, neither of my parents have ever acknowledged, you know, what happened or what, you know, my sister and I went through. Mm-hmm. And um, even now that my dad is like almost two years sober, you know, we still haven't wow, discussed no. it. We haven't, you know, talked about any part of my childhood. He has no interest in having a relationship with me. And so like some of the times when you talk about your relationship with your mom and your dad, I always feel like, oh, what would my parents say? And then I'm like, holy shit, thank God I don't have to know. 
thank God I don't have that relationship with them and thank God I don't have to be there in that position because it fucking hurts and I'm I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm no, sorry that happened okay. to you. I I usually don't get that mad and it's mm. more like I roll my eyes and it's annoying but I that was the first time I've gotten mad at her in a while yeah. and it was a total I wasn't proud of it. It was like I responded yeah. to a trigger and I I just ended the conversation after that because I was like it's not going to go anywhere positive. Totally. So well, and I feel like like it also, you know, what we do here is important to you. It's important to me. Like it's important to our listeners, and it's it's our way of reclaiming our trauma yeah. in a satirical, like fun way. And it felt like she was trying to challenge that, challenge she was. something that was good for you. And I and felt good. myself defending mm-hmm. it, and yeah. I was like, hold on, no, 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 this isn't a space <laughs> where I'm going to prove to you what yep. I say, like. But mom, some of these stories I bring up are written down and dated. Mm. Like these mm. did happen. I'm not making them up, you know. And yeah. Uh, anyways. Oh, that's I, so yeah, frustrating. We, yeah, we don't have to talk about it anymore because I'll okay. fucking lose it. <laughs> uh, let's go into our main topic for the day. Um, let's do it. Surviving the pandemic. So the end of that the world. That was me trying to do a drum roll and I did nothing. <laughs> you didn't do anything, so I'm just gonna move right on. <laughs> Sorry. Johnny, maybe add a drum roll. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> Why am I like this? Sorry. I'm try it again. No, no, it's okay. okay. So surviving the pandemic. <laughs> the end of the world came in 2020. If you've been living under a rock, everything changed. <laughs> we are now allowed to go out and have a drink. Uh-huh. But it's, it's changing in some places, I think, because the new variant. So I guess before we dive into this, I really want to make sure this isn't this isn't political. Mm. This is There is no agenda for what we're discussing. We're just talking about what happened and our mm. experiences going through. If yep. we say something wrong... You can please DM us on our mm-hmm. Instagram account, Trauma Drama Pod. Let us know we fucked up. Um, or me, Nick, you fucked up. Kaylee doesn't really fuck up that much. So. <laughs> That's not true. Now you jinxed it. Now I will fuck up. <laughs> it's very gracious of you. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> no, but I think, um, yeah, I agree with you, Nick. And I think specifically what this listener wanted us to talk about or was hoping that we could discuss was how, um, you know, surviving the pandemic impacted or intensified some of our already existing trauma or previous life traumas um, and, you know, what that was like for for each of us and kind of how we got through it. And I think the reason I wanted to call this main topic like surviving the pandemic is because I feel so lucky that we did just that. You know, like there are people that have not survived through the pandemic and um, I send, you know, my condolences and love to those that may have lost anybody due to the pandemic. Um, Yeah, if you make any jokes, not trying to offend anybody. (laughs) Yes. We know that this is still very much like current. This is not like, Mm -hmm. remember in 2020 when that happened? Like, no, we're still surviving it. We're still going through it. Um, But you and I both had probably some of the biggest years of our life in the middle of yeah. the global pandemic. Absolutely. And it was so shocking to like see all the things that you were doing in your life and to experience all the things that I was experiencing in my life, all while still trying to figure out like what, how do I get a mask? Where can I buy masks? I don't understand right. what this means. Yeah. And at the time I was um, in my final year of graduate school, finishing up my master's thesis, living in a studio apartment by myself, single at the time, like trying to find a full-time job and move to a different state and (laughs) like do all of these things. Yeah, I decided to be a first responder in the middle of (laughs) an apocalypse. And so I was super busy for a little bit there. (laughs) I had buddies get shot at. I had Uh, uh, ambulances abandoned in those street because riots. Yeah. Um, I had 
coworkers get thrown in the back of an ambulance by their hair. Fuck. Um, you know, spit on, flipped off, whatever, you know. But it was a lot of fun. So No, and I think that's such a good, like, thing to also acknowledge and bring up as well is, like, not only were we surviving a global pandemic, but, like, there was racial injustice and murders and, like, all of these things that happened in the world. And that created a whole other layer of experience. Um, I wouldn't say, like, ugh. I don't know what I'm no, trying it was, to say. No, it was the end, yeah, the end of the world, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Thanks, every, literally anything <laughs> yeah, that could have gone wrong kind of went right. wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. Thank God there wasn't another 9-11 or something. Like, mm. that would have just really, like, put yeah. a cherry on top. Maybe God <laughs> forgot that one. God. <laughs> Nick! <laughs> no, you've seen those those memes where it's, like, the angel is like, oh, um, yeah, I put all those pandemics in the, or all those, like, terrible think? things in yeah. 2020. And they're like, no, 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 in the 2020s. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that's my, that's my I like that. One. I have not seen that yet. That's pretty good though. Uh, but um yeah, I think I I want to hear more from you Nick about what you were experiencing and and what came up for you. Yeah, um I guess initially it was a lot of like emotional preparing hmm. for the pandemic. So besides the pandemic this was around the time i was starting to really get heavily into counseling and like look mm. inward and figure stuff out so i was i wasn't like told to like int- like become introverted but i just had to like do that so i could like mm. look in or really find out like who nick was and go through all those like traumatic experiences so it didn't like control my everyday life going forward mm. so while that was happening lockdown first lockdown mm. so it gave me an awesome opportunity to stay home and really work on myself. So the mm. timing of that aspect was really good. Um, and then the financial stress that came with it, mm. I luckily had enough like of an emergency fund, so that wasn't too bad for me. Um, but then the government started doing that. And I think that was really weird, but that was like the first time they've really given us a safety net, which I thought mm. was really cool. And that's something that the European like countries kind of like, they already have that built into their systems um, from mm. my experiences living over there. So I thought that was really cool. And I was able to financially save up a lot of money. So then I bought my house later in the pandemic. Mm. So those are just like, well, and I got married too. So a lot happened. <laughs> so yeah, please don't happened. forget about your wife. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Thank you, my wife. Yeah. So <laughs> she's my, she's my rock. She's my everything. <laughs> Shout out to our Kayla. <laughs> Shout out. Um, but yeah, so I had an actually relatively successful pandemic mm-hmm. and really yeah. enjoyed myself once I like, once the stress of the world ending Kind of. Yeah. So I guess back on my main point was preparing for that. Mm, so yeah. do you have anything to say? I do. I think um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think in going into my emotional responses, um, I think I picked the worst time in the entire world to stop going to therapy and transition mm. to a new therapist. And like I said, I was going through all these transitions in life and was getting ready to make a like, you know, what I called across the country move. It's not across the country. It's like two states away. It's um, basically, it's basically a, it's too far the from coast the ocean. Of California. Correct. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Anything that's not on the coast of California, I don't want it. I don't <laughs> nope. want it. Nope. Um, but I was, I was doing, I was doing a lot of work with a therapist um, at, my graduate university 
um, that was really, really good, really healthy, really wonderful. And then she was like, hey, you're graduating and I can't see you anymore. And I was like, what? Oh, that's right. I remember that. fuck do you mean, Irene? That's really rude. We went through a breakup and I was really sad. Don't worry, Irene. Actually, all my problems are solved now anyway. So Things are fine. Here's the pandemic. (laughs) And um, so I, I didn't have like the kind of support that I usually have going through something like that. But I remember feeling like, um, I think I've shared this in the, on the podcast before, as I struggle with and manage uh, PTSD and like dissociation. And I think when all of this started to happen and when we did have our first lockdown and we did have to um, like be prepared for the worst, like mm-hmm. I felt I felt ready. Like my little trauma brain was like, fuck yeah, we know what to do. Like don't <laughs> no, yeah, worry at all, Kaylee. Point. We've yeah. got this. And I was like, Oh, managing life or death death situations. Do this on the daily. Like, this yeah, is no, great. that's a really good point, and I want to stop it. I want to talk about that more because <laughs> okay, <laughs> I too was like, oh, you're all experiencing ex- anxiety. Oh, this that's funny. Cr- I, yeah, I live with that. This is my. This is actually my heaven. I now, yeah. I no longer have to go out and do what I normally have to do with all this stress. Now I can chill at home. Yeah, and I've, I my whole and- life I've had anxiety. <laughs> this is nothing. And like, I remember friends being like. Like, oh, my God, what do we do? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we're doing it. It's fine. You know, we just, you know, wake up every day and we wonder if it's going to be the last. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just you just cruise through it. Yeah, I mean, we were living day to day for so (laughs) long, like spiritually, emotionally living day to day, not maybe physically. Right. Absolutely. A lot of people have it a lot worse. Yeah. We're just talking the emotional part of it. But I think because of that, because my trauma brain went back to, oh, we do this shit every day. We do this all the time. I also emotionally regressed. I also started making different emotional choices, different um, different life choices than I would have traditionally made because of so the So it amount. looks like we started going on the exact same path. And this is when I split off because yep. I, I was a first responder. I was in it. And then I was like... Yeah. My my little trauma brain is like, okay, survival. Literally, Nick, the world is against you now. Now you have <laughs> a reason. Oh, my, wow, I'm no longer anxious. That's weird. Like, I'm now living what because I was I- always aff- preparing for. Yeah. So already had a good amount of money. Started mm-hmm. to double dip with the unemployment, right? Kind of, you know. Um, <laughs> and with my future wife, hooked mm-hmm. her up with it. Was also working at the restaurant. So I, yeah. I had a good amount of money coming in. Was able to save buy a house, get Sounds an Sounds like we had really different experiences. Yeah. <laughs> get an amazing interest rate because the interest rates were just crazy low. So yeah. basically they're giving out houses. You don't really have to pay off a whole lot yeah. of interest rate. So my cousin know, was just, your realtor. Shout out mm-hmm. to, shout shout out out to our area. The house spot. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I literally saw the world ending and tried to get the one thing I said was this is when new millionaires will pop up. Wow. Like, they're going to use other people's struggles and other people's issues to make money. And I was like, how can I do that? Like I said in the other podcast, I'm an evil person. Hmm. Right? So I didn't do any of that. I didn't take advantage of anybody. But I really might have took advantage of the system, I guess. Well, and I think like, I don't know. I don't think that it's taking advantage of the system because the system fucks us every day. And True. the system is in place to serve people. Like it, that's what it You're should right. be, right? Like It was weird and new because it was... Yeah. A new way of because you had stuff. to utilize services that you had never utilized before, and mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's so interesting and makes so much sense to me after our, our last episode about you know personality development and nature versus nurture is like you are the human that you are and like you put down roots to be like 
I need to have safety. I need to have security. I need to have all these things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, la da da, whatever comes will come. I'm going to do this or do that or do whatever. And so you um, like really disassociated yourself with the pandemic. And I was like, I've been preparing for this my whole life. I know what to do. And I just, boom, skyrocketed as fast as I could. Well, and I think I was prepared. I think I was prepared too, but I think this is how I lived my childhood in like mostly Mm -hmm. dissociative states of like, yep, we just cruise day to day. Money yeah. will come and go. Food will come and go. We'll survive or not. Yeah. And like it really created a like plateau for me. Um, and now, you know, that's why part of my like going out and experiencing the world again is so much of my suite because it's like bringing back parts of me that I used to hold so near and dear, you know, before pre-pandemic. Even though we're not post-pandemic, we're just post-vaccine. But um, it still is like it's bringing back some of my sparkle, some of my light, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. And I, I understand that. And I, I really do appreciate that. And I don't know, it was, I just kind of thought, you know, money's power and the government's <laughs> going to give me a bunch. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to probably owe most of it back because they want it back on your tax return. But then mm. you just, you cough up a little bit extra money and have someone of a higher standing do your taxes and then you're all good. And it's just mm. like... Being poor again is really, really yeah. expensive. Jeez. So, and I, yeah, well shout said. out to the poor during this pandemic because, like, <laughs> they weren't the ones traveling from country to country spreading it. You know, it was, uh, they just got fucked. Yeah. Well, there's like, so, yes, <laughs> so many layers. They're living, they're living like areas and shit. So, I yeah. don't know. Let me see what else we want to talk about this one. So, well, oh, do you want to have something to say? Nope. Okay. Um, being so emotionally and spiritually that category we could talk about being introverted uh, did you experience any of that yeah like, like I, we were, a lot of people were forced to and so I that was why a lot of anxiety kind of was popping up people were sitting with their thoughts for the first time yep. in forever our, our society's so fucking fast yeah so no I remember um, I did the usual like picking up habits that I wouldn't normally do, but like also it wasn't like crafting. Like I remember I like really intensely was exercising. I was like really intensely like, (laughs) it's going to sound stupid, but like sunbathing or like being at the beach or like doing things that were outside kind of in the sun. Um, That was also amazing. We just went to the beach every day and it was like, it was it was like being on summer, yeah, like in high school, but we had money and like <laughs> yeah. cars. It was fucking <laughs> it was like, crazy. So, and Amazon Prime. Oh my god, the shit I could have gotten into in high school if I had money—the kind of money yeah. I have now—and like a car and uh, whoa. Luckily, my career is gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Luckily, my career is gonna be in education, so I'll always have summers. But that was kind of like one of my. I was like, this is pretty nice. You it's know? like my career is also in education and I don't get summers. So you I don't feel like it's life. fair for you to say that. You're, but you're right. Yeah. You chose um, like the worst part, I think, of education. Thanks, Nick. It's my personal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. A little technical, technical difficulties there. Um, <laughs> we're talking about being introverted. <laughs> I liked that a lot, Nick. Thanks. I love doing those voices. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking um, about being introverted or extroverted, and I was talking about all my weird hobbies I picked up during the pandemic, but I wanted to just talk about how fucking hard it was to be extroverted during 
the pandemic during our lockdowns specifically pretty much impossible pretty much impossible and like picture me the extrovert that i am in a 300 square foot studio apartment on a college campus without a therapist (laughs) yeah what the fuck (laughs) it was really like i i want to say it's it was really bad but like you know i survived it everybody survived it in their own way Mm -hmm. um but i remember like drinking a lot of wine like i drank a lot everybody became alcoholics oh my god i drank so much wine i like got into fine cheeses like yeah (laughs) it was like outrageous and no i started making sourdough bread i remember do you know what that takes it takes three days basically to make one loaf i had so much time on my hands i was making sourdough bread i remember coming down to visit and you're like oh do you want to do you want part of the starter do you want to see you want to start this yeah and i was like how was it by the way your sourdough was amazing yeah it was pretty good it was really good no like i would go over to the house and nick would genuinely get mad at me for having a slice of toast like yeah he'd be like why the fuck like don't eat it like that you have to put this and this and this and this yeah no we yeah we definitely like decorated it (laughs) it was a lot of fun yeah no Um, you all were you all were doing a lot and you all were both still not living by yourselves yet which i think added a lot to your you and kayla's plates there was definitely a lot more stress because we were living with her mother Mm -hmm. and then her younger brother who's like 12 years younger than us so it's like a little rambunctious kid running around he's awesome and he's being a kid like it's Mm -hmm. totally fine but like yeah they were they started fighting and then like then we would all start you know there was just a lot everybody's getting each other's nerves and everybody was though like a lot of people had like marital issues and whatnot and again shout out those people who were extroverts who had to go through this because like i I thought i was yeah i was until this I was like, actually, this kicks ass. Actually, like, I, I hate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't help that. So no, it solidified it, it for me. Of like, I I must have human contact or I will die. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I bring yeah bringing it back to like our trauma related podcast, mm. the people who had those underlying issues or who like maybe then struggled with anxiety during the pandemic. Those were the people who are now hopefully trying to like go get help and figure mm-hmm. that stuff out because a lot of stuff comes up when you slow down for a second mm. all those issues come up you might not even have known you had mm-hmm. so yeah I think this is a I mean awesome topic I agree and that was what my my wonderful therapist Irene from my college that I went to um mm-hmm. used to say she was like well you spent most of your life in flight flight or fight um, but I said, yeah. I said those wrong, but I mixed them up, but they're right. Anyway, spent, yeah, no, most of right. My, spent most of my life in like fight or flight. And then when I got to grad school was when I like finally had my basic needs met. I finally got to slow down, but like I didn't cause I was in grad school, but slowing down in a different way. And then realized that like, I have all these things that I need to deal with. I like have parts of my sexuality like that was that I haven't addressed and yeah. that was when I came out and like, you know, there's when you have a second to slow down and not just worry about your survival, like your parts of your brain get to catch up to each other and your amygdala, Mm -hmm. your amygdala gets to take a break and stop taking over your whole brain. And then your frontal lobe is like, holy shit. (laughs) What was that? Years and years of just like response. Yeah. And in more simple terms, every waking second of my day before the pandemic, I spent looking at my phone. If I had like a free second, help my phone. I was always distracted. And then when I was like, I've been looking at my phone all day, I'm bored. Like when you slow down, just like you're saying, you start to be like, wow, like what are these thoughts popping in my head? Like, Uh oh my God, like that, 
I remember that. Oh, fuck. And then you yeah. start like spiraling yeah. out. And-, and like, I think the age of where we are at in our lives also meant like, like I, I'm so glad, but also so devastated with like the age that this happened to us or like the age that we experienced yeah. the pandemic because like I, I picture and I, I couldn't imagine those that are in their teens or are young adults or who are going into college during the pandemic and you know all of these things because now I can like say to my friends like actually I'm having a lot of anxiety I have to go put my feet in the grass and I need to do a calm app so please like walk away from <laughs> me and like, yeah. don't talk to me for four <laughs> minutes whereas like yeah. younger adults are like what the hell and like don't have the coping mechanisms or the skills to manage that and then i end up in a career where i help young people manage that so no it's a it's an amazing circle (laughs) yeah um i did i also saw a lot of young mental health issues Mm -hmm. being a first responder and responding to a lot of like heart attacks or um can't breathe like asphyxiations Mm -hmm. but they were anxiety attacks and a lot of people don't know how to respond mm-hmm. to an anxiety attack. Absolutely. They think, they think they're actually dying, and it does feel like you are. Yeah. Um, sometimes if you're trying to help yourself, you go for a run or something, something that naturally raises your heart rate, mm-hmm. that's a good way to respond to it if you can't just like sit there and work through those thoughts. Yeah. But if you do sit there and let it take over you, it's going to feel like you're dying. No, I mean, trust me. I remember on your and Kayla's wedding day, um, we were getting ready and woke up really early. And Kayla was like, Kaylee, we have have to go do sprints. Like, we have to go (laughs) outside and, like, do several sprints. And I was like, what the fuck? She's like, my anxiety is so bad. Like, I have to make my heart match my yeah. brain and I was like that's mm-hmm. the smartest fucking thing I've ever heard let's go do sprints and so we you know where she got that from so thank yeah, you yeah uh, I figured thank you I thought you were gonna like make a more stern delivery with how no. brilliant you are there's no need <laughs> oh there it is anyways yeah, you know I laid you up for that one it's fine <laughs> you did you did a great job you knew it came from me I, I did I knew I knew um yeah but I think that um there are so many different experiences that come from surviving the pandemic that we also just don't understand yet. I think, like I said, we're still really in it. So we can't, you know, yeah. like we can't look back in history and say, wow, this th- this was the rate of suicide or anxiety or the rate yeah, of we don't unemployment have stuff or yeah, like through the pandemic. And this is what we know. But um, I spent a lot of my graduate degree program studying um like secondary trauma or vicarious trauma. And mm-hmm. um, I like, I I wish that to a different degree, I focused more on like primary trauma because if I would have yeah. known that the pandemic was coming in just a short few years, like I might've done some, I might've like studied things differently. I might've prepared differently, but I think we all probably would have. Like, I think that's such a good question to ask of like, if you knew the pandemic was coming, like what would you have done? Yeah. Like what would you have fuck. done differently, mm. if anything? <laughs> I, I I fucking nailed it. So <laughs> nothing. I'm fucking amazing. No, I fucking amazing. <laughs> um, I don't know. <sighs> oh, fuck, dude. No, I don't know. I bought a house. I got married. I would have maybe liked to have bought two houses. <laughs> I would have had two wives, two houses. Yeah. Two lives. I would have had double of everything. Is that an option? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's fine. Um, I would have done probably everything differently. I think I would have 
quit my job and moved back down to San Marcos. And I would have yeah. been, I would have allowed myself to be around my people. Um, I wouldn't have like continued to isolate myself because I felt like I was failing if I, if I made changes. Right. Um, I would have prioritized my finances differently. Um, I would have gotten my fucking ass in therapy. <laughs> like I would have yeah. done, I think I would have done a lot of things differently, but like all things considered, like we said in the beginning, like I'm here, you're here, we're still surviving it. Um, yeah, I think I was very successful during it and it was all due to like my trauma response. Mm. So thanks mom and dad. I mean, you did prepare me for, <laughs> Shout out like to you. that was the end of yeah. the world at that time. That's we didn't true. know what was gonna happen. And that's another point. I was actually wrong about this. So I'm just gonna, you know, let that be known. I thought a alien invasion was what humans needed to come together <laughs> as one like race uh -huh. and you know, so we got a global pandemic and I was like, this is it, this is it. Like it's the equivalent of an alien invasion, right? So let's all come together and figure out how we're gonna like survive this as like humans together. Yeah. And it ripped everybody apart. Yeah. So I was wrong. <laughs> um, I have no more faith in humanity. Thank you, everybody. Everybody fucking and my, sucks. Yeah, and see you later. Myself, too. I'm like, fuck everybody. This is a terrible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I keep Just singing. A little, little humbling for Nick right yeah. there. <laughs> uh, and we all know you need it, Nick. Um, I yeah. keep singing the song in my head. It's the end of the world. Has been. That's not how it goes at all. But, oh, you know. Yeah. How no, does I think so. Yeah. I just got the all I know is it was in Sky High. And I love obviously, that movie. obviously. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> where I was getting it from. Um, Such a good. But movie. I feel like this is a good place to close, and then maybe yeah, we can close with so. some of our um, deep cuts and hard truths. Did you just introduce the third topic? <laughs> are we in? Do that. Are we in a fight? Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You just get to do the intro. The segments and <laughs> topics are kind of mine, but it's totally fine. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Everybody, no, forget your job, what you just heard. Forget what you just yeah, heard. Your job is to regulate stuff like this. So <laughs> I appreciate you trying. Um, so yeah, our second segment today is <laughs> deep cuts and hard truths. So Thank you, Nick, for there, informing two today. the listeners. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Do you want to just go with the one you brought in for today? Yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah, you can go first. My deep cut and hard truth is has to do with codependency. And I think okay. um, something that I, I want to like, ugh, I, w I was saying to another friend that I, I have so many of my friends and loved ones who struggle with codependency. And I think that I'm one of those humans that also struggles with codependency at some times. And um, codependency comes from so much childhood trauma, neglect, abandonment, all of those things. And Absolutely. I like, I at first was like getting into this topic or segment um and saying i want to like shake the folks that have codependency and be like fuck codependency and like fuck your partner and just like leave them behind and move on but i don't think that's right and i don't think that's fair and the people that Did i want to define codependency mm -hmm. just before yes. you get too far in the weeds yes so um i'm using a definition of codependency as sacrificing one's personal needs to try to meet the needs of others um, someone who is codependent has an extreme focus outside of themselves. Their thoughts and their actions revolve around other people, such as spouses or relatives. 
so Nick froze just at the perfect time that I was delivering my amazing point that I just made. So yes. Nick is back and did not get to hear it, but just just trust Nick that it was impactful and good, okay? I will trust um, that. Thank you. And um, we can, yeah, I guess, do you have any thoughts or things you want to say about codependency or how you feel about it before we close out? Um, guys, just love yourself. I mean, you don't need anybody to do it, and that's really easy mm. to say, but if you can get to that point, like yeah. you're just like your life will be better. Like if don't be afraid to be mad at people either. That was where I struggled too. Mm. Like if they don't want to work things out with you, fuck them. Like feel your feelings and speak your truth. That's all I have to say. Ah, uh, you don't know how many times I tell students to feel their feelings. Like let's feel those feelings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then I guess my deep cut or hard truth would be like mm-hmm. get o- get over yourself. It's kind of cool. it. I mean, it's just like <laughs> I sh- I'm running into problems with other people who are like too worked up or too involved in their own self. And it's like, I haven't thought about you in this example (laughs) at all. Like stop tripping out about nothing. Like most people don't give a shit about you. Right. Yes. You can never reason with narcissists. No, no, you cannot. (laughs) People who think the world revolves around them. They will always think that. Yeah. You can't uh, tell them to get over themselves. No, don't do that. I think that's a good place to end. That was really good. Oh, that was a great episode. I love you, Nick. Love you too. Follow us at Trauma Drama Podcast on Instagram and TikTok to see show updates, video highlights, and much more. And DM us for topic suggestions, corrections, worries, concerns, or love and hate. We upload episodes every Monday and Friday. Tune in for more.